Prescribe Black, the prescription you never thought you needed. I'm Conrad. And this is Theo. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, basically our, our journey to become uh, providers. Uh, Theo will start. Um, he'll talk about his journey, his process, um, and what he did to get him to a point that he is right now. And then I'll follow up with my story. It's, it's really interesting. It's a, it's a process of never letting the door close in your face. And if it do, you kind of got to jump through the window because it'll be a lot of no's when you don't look like the majority of the healthcare profession. I think one of the biggest things that I found interesting in healthcare is that you tend to see a lot of young, blonde, white women in the profession and is scared of few and far between of whether you see men or not. And then if you take another subset of that, you don't see too many black men in the nursing field. And what makes it pretty interesting is that it's a lot of gatekeepers who do not look like you and they tell you that you can't do this or you can't do that. I remember my first like brush with nursing school. I had just finished my uh, associates in psychology before I decided I wanted to go do anything else. And uh, I remember sitting down with a, with a counselor and the first thing that she said was, you will never make it in the nursing school. And this was at uh, CCBC Catonsville at the time. And I remember leaving there feeling like super discouraged. And then uh, I remember going in and talking to my parents about it. And the first thing that they said to me was, you gonna let that stop you or are you gonna keep going? And from there, I kind of just never stopped. So uh, my second stop was uh, Coppins program. And going to Coppins program, it was kind of a very off-putting experience because it was kind of like, you need us more than we need you kind of approach. And from there, I was the first person I, I've heard talk about Coppins program like that. But. Yeah, dude, it was interesting. It was, I remember sitting down with a lady and she was like, well, we got a abundance of students, so what makes you qualified to get into the program? Not that we need students that are qualified grades-wise, but it's just like, we got a dime a dozen that you want to do. That's what I feel like. A lot, a lot of our black colleges don't do a good job of recruiting. actually recruiting and accepting us. Like, instead of working with us, they're quick to regret, to, to push us to the side and, exactly. and reject us. Exactly, which is, which is crazy because you know, when you look at on social media or you like look at any other thing, they got this whole like, you know, black school pride kind of thing going on. And it's really, it really throws you off. And it's, it's pretty interesting how it was. And uh, I remember uh, after I did that, I was just checking and Googling for nursing schools. And one of the ones that I came across was Sojourner Douglas. And I had always seen the commercial in the, like the jingle, you know what I mean? Like Sojourner Douglas College. And I, I remember like laughing at it, but I was like, hey, hey this could actually be an option for nursing school. And uh, I remember going down and applying. And uh, the first year of applying, it was pretty much uh, those forced classes like psychology of racism. Yeah. And, you know, psychology of the black family. Right, and right, like, right. like, there's a whole bunch of money grab classes, but, you know, at the end of the day, when you get to the nursing program, it was, like, legit. And, uh... It was a pretty... 
it, it was pretty interesting. And then after that, you know, when you finally get to um, your fundamentals in nursing, I think that was the that was the first like crop of classes I passed through, and I thought that was hard. You know, that was like one of the first times I got C's in college, and it was just like, yeah, this is what you should get used to and expect in a nursing program. And I just remember thinking like, this is nuts. This is not supposed to be like this. It's a journey. It's a journey. That, that's where we met. Um, for those who don't know, me and uh, Theo uh, met at Sojourner Douglas College. Um, both went to the nursing program. Um, but yeah, the Sojourner was a it was a black-run school, um, and it was really cutthroat. Um, of course, we know in our culture, we tend to be very hard on our own kind. Um, in my experience, it was a gift and a curse in itself, because not only that, um, it, it helped me prepare for for the, what I was going to face in a hospital setting, um, but it also made me feel uh, intimidated um, coming to nursing school, so it was kind of you have to build that tough skin early on in the program. Um, but yeah. I mean, if I had to look back, to be honest, I do, I do feel like it made me stronger yeah. as a as a person. I mean, the the amount of work that we did to overcompensate for being a smaller, less looked at college was ridiculous. Because like you, you'll see these other programs and you ask like, well, how much work do you have to do? I think I think in our last year we had to pass Kaplan and uh, in the T's test to go get yeah, our patients yeah. to go sit for the boards. Yeah. yeah, so it was, it was a lot to do. I remember being really stressed around that point, yeah. and like we was like on the phone almost every night, like, yeah. like yo, did you study for this? Did you study for that? But it was like it was a hell of an experience, and uh, I mean, of course, I still remember the date that I, I passed, and uh, it was December fourth, two thousand and. 14 it was like was it 15 or 14 i can't remember 14 it was 14 14 so 2014 it, it seemed like so long ago now but i remember um this is when we were still doing a little lpn thing in the jail and uh like right before like right it was right after we took the lpn exams and passed but yeah. we, we just we had just been doing our lpn thing and we just like went ahead and decided to take the test i took it first then everybody else followed suit i remember that in the class but like 12 4 2014 i realized that um i passed the test and the ironic part is uh I remember I forget that lady's name, but it was the white the white registered nurse there at the jail. And I remember I was like everybody was in the room with me celebrating when I passed and she was like, Congrats, no get back to work. And I remember thinking like, yo <laughs> this is this is exactly what what I do this for, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just like congratulations to get better. I mean, and the crazy thing was like nothing was going on. Like we were literally just all sitting around. I think I remember what you're talking about. Actually, I can't remember her name though. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, for me, but still, I remember. I remember that processing. Like and then from there, uh, I think I started at Johns Hopkins in the uh, the Wiki Library. I see you. And the process there was a lot more. Um, it was a lot more trying. I think I think what they were trying to do versus how they did things were just way way off the point. You know what I mean? And that's just uh, just from a standpoint of like trying to force everybody to learn the same way. 
So I, let me let me just back up. So the the experience that I had as a registered nurse at, at Johns Hopkins was good and bad. It was a lot of things that I learned from that process, and a lot of things that I didn't feel like I get a, I got a chance to learn. So starting out in the ICU, uh, of course, it was a six month orientation as a registered nurse, uh, followed by you know another six months of being paired with someone to keep an eye on you, pretty much. Mm -hmm. But uh, out that process. Um, my my son was born and my wife was sick and I couldn't get the time off that I needed to be home. And, I, and at the end of that process, I ended up just leaving because it just wasn't working. Like my preceptor just didn't get me. And nor did she like understand my learning process. And uh, it was more of a, a situation where I, I physically and mentally felt like I did not fit into the picture there because they had a whole idea of what a quote-unquote Johns Hopkins nurse was. And I remember the last thing uh, I was told by the nurse manager was that I wasn't a good fit and that I should probably find a profession that I was a better fit in. So from there, I ended up going to the OR and doing trauma surgery, which later went on to be trauma and transplant surgery. And I remember sitting there thinking like, if I can't do what I want, then what's the point of doing this? And it was at that point I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to school and be a nurse practitioner. And that was my process of like working through, I guess, my my feelingness of being on the outside is that if I can't fit into the show, I'm going to run the show and change the narrative. Right. So what actually ended up happening, which is, which is really cool, is that I just I started. And when I started, uh, I started going to school. I switched the weekend option. Um, yeah, every weekend, every weekend I switched the weekend option. But the money was great. I, I, For those who those who don't know, uh, weekend option is uh, every I think it was every set, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, depending on the hospital. Um, or the organization that you work for. Yeah. Um, it could be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or some but rarely do uh, Saturday and Sunday. And what they do is they'll pay you a full-time rate for just working those two days um, instead of doing three, because those no nurses only normally work yeah. three days, three 12-hour shifts. So weekend option, you work in Saturday and Sunday, right. um, and some Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they basically pay you I think it was how much percent double or close yeah, to double yeah, yeah. Um, what you pay what you get um, I got like a 20 percent premium on top of the yeah. option uh plus the the differentials it was it was some crazy so, amount yeah so it, it it works out for those who don't like their weekend life um, um it's definitely <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely uh very uh good to, especially money-wise um especially if you you're doing other things like Theo was doing um going to school yeah, it was perfect, but, man. It was perfect. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, you got that whole, like, online program stigma. So I started at Chamberlain doing their uh, FNP program in 2015. If I'm not mistaken, it was July 2015. It was a two-and-a-half-year program at the time. I think this is right, right before they started to make that transition of you need to get your doctorate yeah. to, to, like, do nurse practitioner. Uh, specialties, mm -hmm. and uh, I kind of I kind of slid into that pocket, you know what I mean, of uh, not not getting my DNP just yet, but still like meeting the requirements of the program, just getting my masters. 
So I'm, I don't know whether eventually you'll grandfather in or not, but you know, I I, I got what I got. Yeah. So, exactly. <laughs> so from there, um, I went to pain management, and I did a I did a three month fellowship of pain management, followed by uh, going to the hospital that I'm currently at now, running a pain service there for about seven months, I think. And physically running it for seven months, and then after the seven months was up, I transitioned to an internal medicine role as a hospitalist. And can you explain um, um what what is exactly a hospitalist? What what is your duties like? Some people may think. Oh yeah, so so my the duties as a hospitalist. Uh, so basically, when patients come into the ER, they need a an admitting doctor or like provider to come down and. Do the just do the ancient history and physical. I was about to say ancient, mm-hmm. but if you come down to your history and physical. Get your get all of your diagnoses and all your medications reconciled, and just kind of follow your course of care while you're in the hospital. So that was that's more so of the the hospitalist role in a nutshell. You know, it probably was not a very good explanation at all. It wasn't that. It, it gives you straight to, straight to the point. Yeah, yeah. Definition of what a hospital is. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, when you go to the hospital, I'm going to hospitalize you. That's a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part. For the most part. All right, man. Tell, what, what's your story, man? How did you? What did, uh, how'd you end up getting to where you are right now? All right, so. Um, some of you guys know that have listened and you know seen me through my whole journey. Uh, I started my uh, education career. Yep, yep. Um, at what? Uh, at the time, it was Columbia Union College, um, and then I think about three, maybe three years later, they transitioned over to Washington Adventist University. Uh, but uh, yeah, I started there um, doing prerequisites. I went in um, as a nursing major. I did my prerequisites, um, you know, did pretty good in those prerequisites, got accepted to the nursing program. But while being accepted to the nursing program, I can't remember if I, I think I might have entered uh, the healthcare administration. Um, I think I'm either, either minored in it or majoring in it when I entered the uh, nursing program at the same time. I can't remember what exactly I did when I entered the nursing program, but I either minored or majored in it uh, when I started the nursing program. Um, and my goal was to come out, you know, with either a, a major in nursing and a minor in healthcare administration, or it was a double major or something like that. I can't remember specifically, uh, but yeah, I started there, um, entered the nursing program. I think I completed, I completed fundamentals, um, and then things started to get real. Uh, I don't think, as a you know young black male, I don't think I was focused enough. Um, I was still going to school doing okay just like just getting by in my classes um, but I could have been doing more um, and not only that I tried to get to get a minor and a major at the same time um, I think it was a lot I think I was just doing a little too much but sorry bring the story short um, end up failing out of that program um, and getting and leaving having to leave that program starting over when you know try to talk to the um, my guidance counselors and the nursing program director um, and all the like you know professors in that program and I kind of have a similar similar story to you and the, and the professor actually told me that I will never be a nurse um, and I should switch my major 
And when I heard that, again, is is one of them things like you wouldn't expect uh, from your own people. Um, and it kind of just it made me feel very uh, um, reluctant to even think about going back into nursing. Um, at that time, I went and uh, talked to my mom about it. She came up to the school, um, even my aunt. I think my aunt, um, mom was there as well, and it was a big, big deal just because of what she said. Um, but that not that discouraged me for a second. Hold on, hold on. Did your mother and your aunt pull up on the on the counselor? Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they you came. You joking, right? No, no, they, 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 they pulled came. up on the counselor. Yeah, they, they, like, they, they was about to like they was about to scrap. No, nah, we we um, we civil people. We civil. <laughs> okay, okay. We're all right, civil, all right. Civil. I had I had to make sure because like yeah, um, it was a uh, it was it was a it was a rough time. It was a rough time. Um, like I said, it, it made me not want to even finish the program or even go back. Um, so I ended up leaving the program. I finished with a healthcare administration major, um, graduated, and I was still wanted, I still had that dream that I wanted to be a nurse. Um, I was looking at uh, Montgomery County College. At the time, I was living in uh, Silver Spring, uh, Tacoma Park area, um, Silver Spring, PG County. Um, and I just had that dream. I wanted, still wanted to be a nurse. Um, I come from a long line of like family members that are nurses, and I just I was always around it. It was just something that I knew I would have been good at. Yeah. Um, so I, I looked at Montgomery College, and um, I think I might even looked at Prince George, Howard, and I was applying to all these schools. And then I think at the time it was my cousin friend that told me about. Um, Sojourner W. He's like, try it, man. I'm, I'm here. I graduated from there. And I was like, I brushed them off the first time. I was like, ah. Cause I did. I did, just didn't want it. I didn't want to come back home to Baltimore. I did not want to come back home. Like right. I, I felt like I had established a new life out in that area. Like right. I had friends out that area, um, and everything was it was good, man. I was living on my own. Yeah. Like I had independence. You know, like you mm-hmm. once you get that independence, you feel you like you you're doing something with your life, um, and. You know, eventually he told me again, brushed him off, and then I had got accepted to one of the schools, and it was like associates. I would still be an RN, but it was associates. So I told him, I was like, oh man, I'm not gonna take it there because go to go to that sojourner because I got accepted to this school, and I'm gonna get my associates, and I'll just work, and I'll go back get my bachelor's, blah blah. Um, he's like, man, why don't you just come down to the school? You'll be accepted. Um, I know the professor, whatever, down there, and you have the grades to get into the program. You're going to graduate with a bachelor's in the same time you graduate with our associates. Yeah, it was like it was like a two, three years, and that was it was the same. It didn't even make sense to me. It was just like how I have the same a bachelor's. So I end up making that uh, transition uh, and saying, all right, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna be, you know, responsible. I'm gonna be make the smart move and and go back home and I feel like that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, came back home, uh, went to Sojourner, started there. Um, I was living back home with my parents. Didn't have to worry about anything. Like one thing about my mom, my father, like they always, you know, looked out for me and made sure that everything I needed, it was there. Right. Um, so I didn't have to worry about that stress, you know, like I didn't have to worry about paying rent or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so that put, that put a lot of stress down um, on completing this program as well. So I started there, um, finished program, and immediately when I got in, I was like, the professor at the time, I think it was like Miss Miss Knight, I don't know, I think it was Miss Knight, and the way she was talking, I was just like, oh man, this is gonna be a hell of a program. Oh, yeah. um, 
she was she was very intimidating and I think that I think like all nursing schools are intimidating for a reason. Nursing is not uh, it's uh, not for the faint of yeah, heart. It's not a career that you just enter and you and you fly by. They they their their like, goal is to weed out the weak weak ones. Right. It's like Fight Club. Yeah. You basically. Know? Um, <laughs> and it was a lot of those professors. She wasn't the only one. Like literally every single professor we had. I think it might even be been one. I think it might have been one pretty you know decent nice one. Uh, Miss Brown was nice. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Miss Brown. Yeah, yeah Miss Brown was nice. She, she yeah. the PC. Uh, yeah. And um, so yeah, I finished that program, graduated, and uh, started. Um, at the time, I was working at uh, St. Agnes in the ER as a tech. Um, ended up going to St. Agnes IMC Intermediate Care, uh, and I, I was. Working there, I didn't stay there that long though. I literally was, it was the first critical care unit. I wanted, cause I wanted to get on the critical care. I said I would never work med surge, but uh, I'm not, not, no knock to med surge or anything. I just had a different goal in in my plan and I wanted to start out with critical care. Uh, so yeah, I started at uh, St. Agnes, um, worked there and I left there probably like, I want to say I was there for like three months. I, th- I don't even remember you working at St. Agnes. Yeah. That's the funny part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I started there cause, because I had got, I was, I was waiting on a call and from my dream hospital. Like, I, everybody knew me. Like, I wanted to work at University of Maryland. Hey, shock, shock trauma. Yeah, right. And um, I, I said, I got to start something. I got to start making money. So I, you know, accepted a job at St. Agnes, started working there. And then, like, maybe like two months in, I got the call from the University of Maryland, shock trauma, saying they wanted to hire me. And I was like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? He's like, yeah, I'm with it, though. And yeah, I couldn't pass yeah, that up. Pass like, yeah, that was my. This was this was my dream hospital. Um, it was in shock trauma. Um, I was gonna be wearing the pink scrubs. Those who don't know, University of Maryland shock trauma. They they wear those pink scrubs. Like, if you see somebody in pink scrubs, you know they work at trauma. And it was just like a badge of honor um, to me working in trauma. Uh, so I started there. I started on Neurotrauma IMC. It's another uh, intermediate care, um, but it was a neurotrauma, so neuro, neuro, neurological issues, um, people that are having traumatic injuries um, on that unit. So I worked there for about a year, year and a half, year, I think it was about a year. And then I went over to multi trauma um, ICU. So that was uh, another ICU critic, those modes. Uh, the critical Multi-trauma. care, yeah, most trauma. So it, this was the first job was uh, neuro, it was more focused on neuro, um, and this one most trauma. So it was the array of the whole body system from head to toe. Um, saw from array of gunshot wounds, broken bones, accidents, um, and that was my dream. Like I wanted to get to the ICU. I wanted to be in a trauma ICU. Uh, so as I was working there, worked there for. I think it might have been a year. I, I worked there for a year and I was like maybe a year, year and a half. Um, and then I was, I started uh, school like towards the end of the year. So during the shifts on that, on that in that hospital was, was uh, you had to do rotating shifts. Um, so you had to do night and day. Oh, um, that day night. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was it was it was a. It can be very tiresome. You you work day shift one day, and then the next day you're coming in night shift. So it can definitely put a put a toll on your body. Yeah. Um, at the time, I didn't really mind it, but when I st- once I started school, 
I really needed some type of structure. Um, I found myself sleeping um, a little too much and not doing, getting uh, work done. So I, at the time, I talked to my manager to see if he can work out a different schedule. Um, and it didn't happen. Um, so I, I eventually went PRN there. Um, and then I had got a job at Franklin Square uh, PACU. Um, so those know PACU is... Um, uh, Post-anesthesia. Yeah. Post-anesthesia care. Um, So people that's coming out of surgery um, and we care for them to make sure that everything is going well after procedure. Um, So started there. Um, They gave me the schedule um, I needed so I could complete college. I think that was probably God sent. Through this whole thing, like through my whole career, it was all God. Like I don't think I could have done it (laughs) without him. Like the road has been up and down, bouncy. Um, it's been all over the place and, and he's still seen me through. So started at PACU, uh, still work there right now and I completed the program. So I just finished the uh, program last February. February um, yeah. In the process, February until now, um, I was getting planning the wedding, um, got married. Uh, so I took my boards after I got married um, and that was in November. Yeah, yeah. Took my boards in November, passed it, um, and uh, now I'm looking for a job. Uh, I've got a couple um, options, and I'm just waiting for the right um, position for me um, to see where my where my next step is going to be. I know exactly what I want to do. I'm not going to say exactly um, what it is yet, but I will share with you guys um, once that comes true. <laughs> um, yeah. But. It's been a process. Um, I think both of us, um, especially as black men um, in this female-dominated field, uh, you really have to be on your P's and Q's. Um, not only as men in this field, but as a black man, you you have a lot of uh, eyes on you all the time. Um, when I started at university, when I started at uni- not gonna say, well, yeah, when I started at university, I was only black male <laughs> on my unit. In the tower, matter of fact, I remember a guy, it was two of us. It was one that was in school as well. And he was like, I did hear it was another black guy on the, um, on the tower. Oh, it's you, right? I was like, yeah, that's me. Um, and it was just so crazy to me because I had this facade that, like, you know, you go on a nursing unit, you're going to see a mixture of cultures. And it wasn't like that at all. So it, it was eyes on me. I was different. Um, I had a different background than everybody else. Right. Um, so it was a lot of let's see what he does in this situation. Let's let's make this harder for him in this situation. And until you keep on pushing and, and, and grinding and and um, show proving these people people wrong, um, you're gonna continue to get that that backlash and and, and greediness from um, these other uh, colleagues. So I mean, eventually they they backed off and they really saw that I was not, I knew what I was doing. Um, but it took time, um, and I think that's why we kind of felt like we needed to create this podcast because there's plenty of providers out there, plenty of nurses. This is not only for providers; this is for nurses as well because we're all on the same team um, that we can help each other. So, if it's a word of word of somebody that you need to listen to, if somebody needs to talk to, this is what we're here for um, on how to build each other up and um, make our work environment better. 
Definitely. You know, honestly, if anything, I feel like everybody needs like either a friend or a mentor that's that's in the game that could show you how to navigate these directions. No, like, definitely. With, with, with a good spot, so definitely. Or, you know, like because I think I think us coming up, I don't, I didn't have any person to like like the pinpoint rely on and say, hey. You know, this you is the, do. Yeah, this is the way to go. This yeah. is how you should do it. So, I mean, I feel like I went through this kind of blind in in a sense. And it wasn't until I got to, you know, I got to the graduate level where I started to learn to be a provider where I found somebody I can pinpoint and say, hey, a uh, great person to learn from and I'm going to keep, um, I'm going to keep coming back to you. Right. But, I mean, but, but you know, I feel like I said this before, but. Uh, Prescribed Black is probably one of the most important shows of our profession, it's like hands down, because yeah. it's going to be yeah. so much content covered. I mean, and this is just literally the first show of like trying to get introductions out the way, and right. just getting the story in. Because like, when we hit the topics, it's gonna, it's gonna be great. It's gonna boom. People gonna love it. Right. So, and, uh, and I feel like um, this is just an intro, guys. I mean, I know. Some may have been expecting something different, but we felt like we needed to give you a brief uh, summary of our, ourselves um, so you can have a better understanding of where we're coming from. Um, we, we, we're, we're in the same boat as a lot of you. Right. Um, we're here to help. Uh, if there's anywhere we can supply any motivation, look at our stories. Like there's no way that we sh- there's no way we should have been should be where we are right now. Um, from the, the closed doors to the, the the stumbling blocks, and we still keep on climbing. Um, I don't think we we're nowhere done yet at, at this no point. Way. Like we're just getting started, yeah. and I feel like I every day like my mind it rumbles. Like I always want to do this. I always looking for my next move. Um, so. This is just a starting block. This is a building block on our podcast. Um, it's much more to come. Um, Definitely. Oh, and uh, for viewer uh, and listener questions, or if you want to leave us a message, you can uh, hit the link in the bio to come to our page on Anchor. Just give us any listening feedback, any questions you want us to try to cover, or just any pathways of you know success or or just questions of navigating other external things around healthcare and everything feel free to leave us a line all right um so yeah uh this is probably will be the end of our first episode definitely um where, where, where can they reach you at? Where, if anybody wants to talk to you, where, where, we, you, you can reach us at Prescribed Black um, on Instagram. Um, we are Prescribed Black at gmail.com. Definitely. Uh, email. Uh, what other? We on YouTube. Uh, YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Prescribed Black YouTube channel. Prescribed Black is our YouTube channel. Um, we're going to be starting that soon. Um, haven't uh, set that up yet but we will be dropping along along with these uh podcasts we'll be dropping videos as well and also doing videos out in the community kind of showing that what we do um as providers um youtube will be coming soon definitely um so if there's any questions that you want us to answer anything that you want us to talk about please drop a um a comment on our instagram email us um give us feedback of you know what we can do better um, as a while we're doing this podcast, um, we're gonna be trying to drop a new podcast 
every two weeks. Um, the next podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about the topic right now, um, the impact of provider race on the health behavior of black men. Oh, that's um, going to be dope. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's going to be, I, th- I think a lot of us black men, we, we fail to go to um, the doctor. So in this next podcast, we're going to talk about um, how important it is, um, how important it is to have like a, a black provider or not even a black provider, somebody that's relatable to you um, and the benefits that is to your health. Um, and, you know, is is I think, you know, my connection with my patients when they see me walk in the room is is. It's like indispensable. It's unvaluable, man. Right. You can't you can't put a right. can't put a value on it, man. That, their faces light up. Exactly. And you, I mean, we we see it like we see it with you know our Caucasian uh, patients and our uh, African American patients. It's a complete uh, different. Um, it's different. It's a disconnect. You know, disconnect. especially when you get when you get like an older Caucasian patient from that exactly. like from that era yeah. of you know. They let you guys in the front door, kind of area. I've actually had somebody say to me, yeah, dude. But that's crazy. I had a, I mean, this is a side note, real quick before we sign off. But Mm -hmm. like, I had a patient. I walked in and she was like, "Oh, well, are you qualified?" And keep keep in mind, I had I had a student with me. I had a I had a team of nurses, you know, older than me, doing what I asked them to do. She's like, "Are you qualified?" And I'm like. Based on all of this, I think I am quite qualified to provide care. I'm pretty. It's crazy. It is crazy. So that's that's why we feel like we needed to have this podcast because many of our counterparts are going through the same issues that we are going through today. And this is not only for healthcare providers. This is for everybody. Um, we eventually we're going to start bringing um, other entrepreneurs, other careers onto the set so that we can not only give awareness to our, our field as providers, but other careers as well. Um, so yeah, if you want to come for us to interview, if you want to be on the set so that we can give awareness to other careers in the black community, you can tell us uh, what roadblocks you have in your career. Um, we can You can educate us on your career as well so that we can just bring awareness to the black community, man. Like, I think we need to do a better job of sticking together, a better job of helping each other so that we can continue to build. Um, the black community is growing and we we, are, we have um, built a lot, especially in the, um, you know, education, education. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of professionals. A lot of professionals are, are coming out of the black community and we're, uh, we're killing it, actually. Like, Definitely. I think we're doing, we're doing pretty well. So I think, with this podcast, we can show others, show other um, young um, individuals who are looking for a career who's lost, like we were, um, and they can get a career option for the future. Definitely. So again, um, next probably next two weeks, ne- next two weeks, we're gonna be dropping our next episode two. Um, spread the word, share the title of our next episode. You don't want to miss it. It will be the impact of provider race on the health behavior of black men. Um, so yeah, tune in. Um, every two weeks, we'll be trying to drop a podcast, and hopefully we can bring that to every week. Thank you for listening. This is Prescribed Black. I'm Theo, and this is Conrad. Take <laughs> we can just take your stuff as prescribed. That's the plan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>